Should we do the Happy New Year to start? Yeah. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready? Let's give it a countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Happy New Year! And welcome to Gutted. I am Elise. Are you? (laughs) (laughs) This is just green tea. This is not actual champagne. No one needs to know. Just so you know. Dry January. Happy New Year and welcome to Gutted. I am Elise. And I'm Tony and we're here to spill our guts about horror films. And today we'll be counting down our top 10 horror movies of 2023, followed by a mini award ceremony. Although Michael Meower still thinks it's 2002. He's way behind. For those watching on YouTube, you can see that Michael Meowers is wearing some 2002 shades. He's very vintage. He also has a 2002 champagne flute. (laughs) Michael, it's 2024. 2002 was a good year for him. (laughs) He had a good time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Um, so 2022. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wrong year. I, all the twos. Just like Michael, a little yeah. bit behind. Uh, so we are in 2024. Welcome. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. 2023, a year of some solid horror films. And we weren't sure if it was going to live up to 2022 because 2022 was also a great year for It was. We had quite the horror renaissance. But I feel like this past year in 2023, we had a pretty good continuation of that horror renaissance. That's right. And although we had um, some movies that were very polarizing. They were. We had franchise continuations. <laughs> franchise continuations. We had yeah. reboots. We had reboots. We had a lot of we had some newcomers. Ar- we had a lot of international originals. That's right. So yeah. it was a good year, 2023. And looking at the list of directors that we've included, we have quite a diverse crew here. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really tough to make our end of the year list. We do want to mention that we apologize. Wait, did we apologize? We're apologizing in advance. Oh, I read polarizing as apologizing. Well, we're going to apologize anyway for the polarizing (laughs) picks. Polarizing picks. Yeah. (laughs) We apologize for our list. (laughs) In advance. Anyways, keep in mind that these are our top 10 movies of 2023. Yeah. And if we don't include your one of your top 10 movies, then please put that in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. That's right. We're ready to argue it in the comments. Yeah. And if you're listening on a streaming What's it called? Streaming? If you're listening on a podcast <laughs> audio site. What? <laughs> I, I don't know. How about just if you're listening? If you're listening and not watching, then you can curse us silently. But you can still visit us at our Instagram page. You can. And comment. And comment vehemently against or with us. But as usual, with our lists, we're going to try to keep the major spoilers major to a minimum. spoilers to a minimum. There might be a few spoilers in there, things that you probably could figure out from the trailer. Uh, but overall, we will keep out major spoilers until we get to our award ceremony. All right. Wait, so, I wanted to oh. start with a question. Actually, yes. a little game. I, I love play, games. I want to play a game. Yes, Jigsaw. <laughs> um... 
Finish, Elise. Yeah? Are you finished? <laughs> Am I finished talking? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Elise, I, I want to start. <laughs> Elise. I want to start with a little game. Yes, please. This was the year of Saw making its return to horror. I feel like this game is setting our listeners up for failure. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you to finish this sentence. Yeah. 2023 horror was a year of blank. Of It was a year of femininity? Femininity? Yeah, okay. lots of lots of feminine issues. Okay, okay, okay. Um a year of technology i don't know <laughs> technology and femininity yes we did have a uh female robot child yeah named megan Again, is that what you're talking about i don't know <laughs> i was just trying to say that there were a lot of films that dealt with female issues perhaps some fertility issues snuck their way into a lot of films this year. Yeah. Definitely um, a hot topic. This definitely year. a hot topic. Um, some of those movies may be on our list and many of them did not make it because it was a very present topic in many movies. Um, also the, uh, the concept of technology is a good or bad. Yeah. Is it an addiction or not? Uh, that snuck its way into several movies this year. Yep. Uh, what about you, Tony? 2023 was a year of? 2023 horror was a year of disappointing <gasps> <laughs> major releases and a lot of really interesting newcomers, mm. experimental indie and non-US based horror films. Yeah, I agree. Which I uh, thoroughly enjoyed. So some of the, like you were saying, you know, we're making comments about like Saw 10 yeah. and Megan, Megan and maybe some other ones. Will they make the list? I don't know. The way this combo is going, probably not. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> There's a lot of um, really interesting stuff on here that wasn't a major release that wasn't a theatrical release. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of this past year took us by surprise for better or for for worse. Yeah, and not to say that some of those movies are terrible, although some of them were terrible. There's you know, numbers. you know what we're talking about. Do you though? We'll get to that cuz we are going to have <laughs> our um axe award at the end. Yes. For... Not really a reward or award. It's more of like a demotion well it's you know it's like it's it, like a try it, better people, next year some people uh are proud of their razzie awards that's true around oscar time yeah they yeah. hold those with some pride because yeah. it's quite a feat to be the worst at something <laughs> don't you say most creative most creative <laughs> yes. most creatively bad yeah the most creative attempt at a movie yes so that's the axe yes 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 mm -hmm. um but it it was such a jam-packed year mm -hmm. that uh, some of these movies, even though they were mainstream and I like, you know, might have enjoyed it a bit when it came out, it might not have made the top 10 list. And again, sometimes the movies that come out earlier in the year are ill-fated because it we have to try to delve into our memory bank and remember how good it was at the time. Yeah. And we did not rewatch most of these. There's I think that there's only one on this list that I actually watched for a 
second time. Yeah. Interesting that you say that, though, that we have to delve into our memories, because one of the ways that I choose a movie that I really enjoyed for the year is what movie stuck with me the most in our what what movie did I think about after watching the most yeah Uh, and not necessarily our um, spot on memory but just our (laughs) gut memory and also not the Rotten Tomatoes or IMDB or Shutter Skulls or anything like that yeah not going by Shutter Skulls (laughs) Or oh, IMDb stars. Those are highly suspect. That's right. There are some really good movies that only have like three stars on IMDb. And also some five skull shutter movies that like, I would really? say are deserving of one. Yeah. Who's two. the one that, that doles out these skulls? I've yet to know. I haven't rated anything on Shutter. Maybe so. it's 2002 Michael Meowers. I don't know. Michael Meowers is the one doling out skulls? <laughs> that makes more sense. Yeah. It, out of touch. <laughs> 2002, buddy. <laughs> All right. Still living off of the uh, heyday of H2O. Yep. H2O. <laughs> that was a good time for him. All right. Should we delve into our number 10 spot? Yes. So how do you want to do it? Do you want to alternate? Let's you? alternate. Okay, let's so alternate. I'll go first because right. I think this number 10 spot was mostly one that I snuck into this list. So as you know, our rating system is very creative. We give everything points and then we combine our lists together. So at our number 10 spot, we have uh, a movie directed and co-written by Jimmy Giannopoulos released on January 20th of 2023 in the US. It is called Alone at Night. Ooh, all right. So tell us about Alone at Night without spoiling it. So Alone at Night is, I would say you would call it a typical slasher, a typical modern day slasher, Mm -hmm. but set in the COVID realm. Wow. So 2023 and we still have... COVID films being released. I feel and this like wasn't the only one. There were there was another one. There was another COVID film? Yeah, there was one called Sick, and it was written <gasps> by Kevin Williamson. Okay, disclaimer, we did not actually get to see Sick. Yeah. We wanted to. It was on our list, but then we couldn't find it. And I think we were going we were gonna have to pay for it, which we're not opposed <laughs> to doing. <laughs> but it's it's on our list. Yeah. Anyway, we didn't see Sick. We saw Alone at Night instead. And I think the reason why I didn't hear about this one more is because it came out so early in the year Mm -hmm. that it kind of snuck by people. I believe it's streaming on Hulu. And I watched it on like a random Sunday morning. And I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. (laughs) And it ties in some meta concepts, like who's watching who, who's watching the reality show, blah, 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 uh, starring Ashley Benson, who does a really great job as a a type of OnlyFans webcam girl. Right. It's sort of like a fun and stylish satire. It's very stylish. It's very satirical. And Ashley Benson, who I believe was in a show called Pretty Little Liars. Okay. So if that was of your time, then cool. She does a great (laughs) job in this. I enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah. I I enjoyed it as well. You did? Okay. I especially love the cameos from Paris Hilton and Pamela Anderson, (laughs) who were, I would say, perhaps former video stars before it was cool. I like that this film is kind of like taking back their power in that realm. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So go check it out. It is on Hulu. Yeah, it is. It's a fun one. It's uh, like not it, it does have some satire. It's not too serious. Yeah. Um, oh, and it also has a cameo from Luis Guzman, who's one of her clients. 
I enjoyed that. (laughs) (laughs) So check it out. It's fun. All right. Fun romp. (laughs) All right. We got through the first one. Yeah. Often our number 10. Okay. By often, I mean in the past two years, in the past two years, our top 10 spot has gone to a wild card, so to say, something Mm. that maybe not everybody has seen, but we want people to give it more of a chance, give it more of a chance and sneak it into that number 10 spot. I kind of find the number 10 spot to be one of the hardest spots to choose. That's your last spot. Yeah. There's probably like at least 10 movies that could easily be the number 10. Yeah. I think we had a like a, almost a three-way tie for our number 10 spot and we had to argue. And anyway, Alone at Night won. So. <laughs> yes. So number nine, best of 2023. We are going to dinner. Going to dinner. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Directed and co-written by Eli Roth, which was released on November 17th. 2023, we have a holiday slasher. Holiday slasher. And we have a movie that has been waiting to be made for years. Yeah. We first saw the Thanksgiving fake trailer as part of the um, Grindhouse Grindhouse, Grindhouse fake trailers. Yeah, the Grindhouse double feature. There were a bunch of fun fake trailers. And Thanksgiving was, I think, the one that probably stood out in most people's minds at the time. And all the other trailers were made before. And Thanksgiving was the one we're just like, oh, man, make that one. It's amazing. (laughs) And uh, when when people when it kind of came out that Eli Roth was finally going to make this film, I think a lot of people were really excited for it. And um, it definitely delivered. I thought it did. I feel like. What I enjoyed about it, and not I'm not spoiling anything, but what I enjoyed is that it was very straightforward. It wasn't trying to do anything terribly creative. It was a typical slasher. And you're like, all right, I kind of expected this outcome, but it was executed very well. Right. The kills were very, very creative. creative. So you're seeing it for the creative kills, not necessarily the overly creative plot points. Yeah. I mean, the characters were interesting enough, and especially for Eli Roth, who's known to just write like the most god awful characters, especially in like Cabin, <laughs> Cabin Fever, Fever or um, Hostel, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like this was my favorite film, feature film from Eli Roth hmm, hmm. as of yet. Well, of the yeah, of the ones we've seen. Of he, the ones we've seen. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've seen several now, and I will say that this is the one that I enjoy the most from Eli Roth. Okay. It okay. seems like he's matured a bit. Yeah, he had a little bit of uh, a little bit of like a like a bro style. A little bit in the early days, in the early aughts. That that's kind of calmed down a little bit. Like I, the one thing that I would say that maybe is a knock against it is that I still like the trailer more than this movie. Yes, I agree. And we discussed this before, how if he had filmed it in the same vein as that kind of grindhouse seventies low budget Thanksgiving kind of a movie. It might have been too much to stomach that for a full hour and a half. That's true. But and then I'd be complaining about it. I'm like, more. oh man, the audio and film quality was <laughs> terrible. I was bored. So I feel like he he revamped it for the modern era, but still kept all the fun of a slasher. Right. It was it was a good time. Yeah. Good job, Eli. Good job, Eli. You good made enough it. for the number nine spot. Exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Next up in our number eight spot, 
We have a film uh, from England and Ireland. Ooh, okay. Uh huh. It was released in the U.S. on March 14th, 2023, and directed and co-written by John Wright. It is Unwelcome. Oh, okay. And this one was one I wasn't planning on enjoying. <laughs> we turned it on because we we're trying to course through a bunch of the movies that came out this past year in preparation for this list. Yeah. And the first 10 minutes I was turned off. I was just like, oh, this is terrible. It seems cheesy. seems a bit overacted. But then the more that it continued, I started to really enjoy the unrealness of it. It kind of gives you this feel that you are watching a storybook. Okay. Uh, we open with a couple and they are having said fertility issues. As we discussed earlier, this is one of those films that deals with infertility and fertility. Uh, they lo and behold, get pregnant in the first five minutes. And you're like, wow, <laughs> how easy that was. Amazing. Uh, but then shit goes down. They get assaulted in their apartment and they decide to move to a more rural side of the Irish country. Are they from uh They're England? from England. Okay. And they move to Ireland. And then we get more of the fairy tale. Would that be the equivalent of someone from New York moving to like Alabama? Wisconsin? Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to offend anyone in anyone the UK. Anyone from New York but, you know, or Wisconsin. To, maybe, maybe like um, someone from New York moving to It'd Vermont. It'd be like somebody moving from a metropolitan city to a more rural farmland. Right. Yes. And there's a bunch of uh, lore and There tales. is some folklore that we start to hear about, the Fardarig specifically. And what might that be or they be? You'll have to watch and find out. <laughs> but this movie was so fun and cute and sinister. And all of those are elements that I really enjoy in my movies, <laughs> my horror movies. Cute and sinister. I would say that, yeah, this movie is kind of one that has a bit of a payoff. Yeah. The rest of it is just kind of... Like, okay, it's interesting enough. So if you begin to watch it and in the first 10 minutes, you're like, mm, I'm not hooked and I'm <laughs> bored by this cheesy acting. Stay with it because I feel like it's all for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just the art direction is so beautiful and feels like a storybook. I constantly have the surreal pink sky. And I almost expected there to be like, a, and that's the end of this tale. And the book closes at the end, but that didn't happen. So nothing that cheesy happens. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed it. So give it a whirl. All right. Unwelcome. Unwelcome. And I think you can find that one on Shudder. That one is on Shudder. Number seven. Number seven. Is a movie that um, also is not from the U.S. It mm -hmm. comes from Argentina, mm -hmm. and it was written and directed by Demian Rugna, who brought us the movie Terrified, which, sadly, I have not seen. I need I've to go see that. I've seen parts of it, and, oh, man, <laughs> after this year, I'm like, I need to sit down and watch that in its entirety. <laughs> yeah, so you probably know what it is if you're a fan of this director, because this director is doing a lot of really good things. Mm -hmm. It is the movie When Evil Lurks that was released on October 23rd, 2023. And just to know, all of these release dates are U.S. release dates. So they might yeah. have, they may have been released earlier in different countries, but this is when we were able to see it. Actually, a bunch of these movies, because they're indies, mm -hmm. I think were released in 2022. Yeah. But it takes a while to kind of gain momentum and get a international release, release or like a streaming release. Yeah. So. Um, we do still consider that 2023 movie. So when evil lurks, I feel like 
this was one of the more surprising and shocking movies on the list for me mm-hmm. because I went in, in into it completely blind and I had not really known who this director was. We just saw the poster and it has that very now iconic red with the black silhouette of a woman and an axe facing her face. And you're right. like, oh, that's odd. Let's watch that one. And I saw quite a bit of buzz on social media and kind of like in our, you know, Instagram horror friends and, you know, people were posting a lot about it. And I was like, all right, got to check to see, see what the hype's all about. And man, this movie definitely will shock you. It will make you gasp. Yeah. It will disturb you. It will disgust you. It will disgust you. Um, so definitely some good effects in this one. <laughs> it um, it's about these brothers mm-hmm. and they live kind of in the um, Argentinian area of Argentina countryside mm-hmm. and there's something going on with the world. It's something's it's lurking. It's sort of like viral possession. And that's not a spoiler because that you were, we know about within the first yeah. few minutes. So that's sort of like the setup of the movie. And what I love about this movie is that it kind of has that sort of like, oh shit, we got to get out of here. Um, start to it kind yeah. of like a zombie film does. And I'm a big fan of zombie films. So that was really cool to me. And it is brutal and relentless. Yeah, I think it could have scored higher on this list had the ending or, you know, the second half been a little more tidy. I do feel like that is my bad. I (laughs) feel like the ending did not stick with me. And when I'm making my lists, I do think about the ending and like if the ending to me was clear enough or made sense or stood out enough for me to see it as as a whole was it deserving to be in a certain spot on my list so yeah because i need to rewatch it i've only seen it once uh i think i need to see it a second time um to really give it the to really see it for what tony saw it for this is definitely a movie that you should check out if anything just for the it has really great acting yeah. The visuals are really intense and and also very disturbing. And you might and need to watch it twice. When I was watching this movie, I was like um, pulled in and it was gripping. You know, when your your chest is really clenched and you're like, like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, for the first half of the movie, I definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah. I believe that it is streaming on, on Shutter. Shutter. Mm-hmm. A lot of good ones on Shutter this there year. There are. Yeah. yeah. When Evil Lurks, that was our number seven. Yeah. Moving on to our number six spot, we have something else evil. Evil Dead Rise. (laughs) Evil Dead Rise, written and directed by Lee Cronin, released in the U.S. on April 21st this year. And this was one of those heavy hitters, highly anticipated. We did a trailer review of it before it came out. This was one that I think many people were really looking forward to. Right. Uh, And I will say... There were some elements that seemed a bit perhaps cheesy or predictable or overdone. But overall, this film really delivered and it was a heavy hitter. Uh, I say, if nothing else, just for the performance of Mommy. Uh, And everyone knows who Mommy is because we (laughs) see her on the poster. So that character, when she becomes Mommy, 
oh man, I just loved every single moment with that character. Yeah. Mommy's played by Alyssa. Alyssa Sutherland. And I believe this was filmed primarily in New Zealand. Was it? Okay. Yeah. This was um, also sort of a relatively new filmmaker, Lee Cronin. Yeah. Um, the Evil Dead Rise. So for the Evil Dead reboot, it's, it is one of the better reboots of a franchise in recent memory. Um, I think just because it's, it's just like, I don't know, they go, they go all out with like the gore and some of the, it's, it's not as frenetic, um, as say like the original Evil Dead series, which I think is one of the things that makes the original so good and special is it's just like a fever dream of it's wild. craziness and gore and comedy. And, you know, this movie has all the blood, all the gore. It does have a few cliches. An effect that was very popular this year is the bone cracking. And I think that's <laughs> what I was not a fan of was with seeing the bone cracking, just constantly contorted body of mommy. Um, that was a bit overdone, but everything else I loved her performance as mommy, her tiny little eye movements, her little yeah. smile. And there's a really great scene that takes place behind a peephole. And that <laughs> to me is one of my favorite scenes is the whole little vignette behind the peephole of the door. Yeah. So great. really fun. Could have been great in a near perfect movie if they did with a little less of the cliched horror elements. But, you know, it's a mainstream horror movie. So they were probably forced to put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, that's, I mean, a number six spot out of the entire still year good, is yeah. not nothing. Yeah. It's still delivered overall. Yeah. Still a lot of fun. I would definitely rewatch it. Mm -hmm. Had a great opening act and a great. Um, the ending act, I thought, was really great. Yeah. Too. The, the final act was mm -hmm. great and a great performance by Alyssa Sutherland. Those are sort of the highlights. Where can you find Evil Dead Rise? Oh, um, I don't know. Buy the Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, yeah, you really should buy the Blu-ray, the physical media. There's a lot of fun bonus content um, and it's just great to collect it and you can hold it in your hand. You, you can know. hold it and gaze at it. <laughs> okay. It is streaming on HBO Max uh, with subscription, Apple TV, Voodoo. Voodoo, uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> Who uses voodoo? I don't know. <laughs> Number five, going right through this list. We're already halfway through. Yeah, blowing through it. <laughs> so long, 2023. Um, we have a movie from a relative newcomer, but also not a relative of an relatives. old comer. <laughs> yes. An old comer? An old timer. An old timer? Yeah. So okay. this is a movie that was written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg. Mm -hmm. And we all know the Cronenberg name. It is synonymous with horror. Yeah. It is uh, Infinity Pool, Infinity which was released Pool. on January 27th, 2023. Yep. And another movie for Mia Goth to go batshit crazy yeah, and steal the show. Yeah, she for it. Yeah. For a second year in a row. One of the things that I loved about Infinity Pool was that it kind of is carrying on the tradition of David Cronenberg. His son is doing it, but in a different way. But I feel like this movie um, had that sort of like Cronenberg feel even more so than David Cronenberg's last movie crimes of the future 
Crimes of the Future. Yeah. It oozes David Cronenberg, but it, it but it didn't yeah. quite. It was like almost a little too Cronenberg. It was too too weird. But Brandon Cronenberg uh, kind of mixed science fiction element to it. It was like a White Lotus meets Black Mirror, but like the really disturbing episodes. And uh, just like really strong performances by Mia Mia Goth. Goth and Alexander Skarsgård. Alexander Skarsgård. The Skarsgård family also becoming synonymous with horror. Yeah. A lot of disturbing imagery, beautifully shot. Um, had a cool soundtrack. I think this one, yeah, was mostly shot in Croatia. Yeah, we, we saw had a lot this of international sets this year. Yeah, we saw this uh, this movie in theater. Yeah, we saw it in theaters with some friends, and afterward, we're just like, well, yeah. I think everybody <laughs> everybody had one particular scene on their mind. We're like, okay, so how about that one scene? You guys know what it is, right? Okay. Uh, but it, it is one of those movies where while you're watching it, you're you're kind of like unsure how you feel about everything. And then afterwards, it sits with you a little bit and it kind of marinates a little bit. And you're just like, like, yeah, that was that was a good, yeah. solid movie. It was I think, nice and disturbing. I think for the first few days after, I was like, no, boo, too disturbing. And then as more <laughs> months went by, I was like, actually, that was just the right amount of disturbing to sit with me fester in my mind <laughs> well i had seen some internet comments that said oh. that the movie was a bit pretentious oh yeah you see all the internet comments i see none Elisa <laughs> <laughs> actively ignores all internet I uh chatter I actively ignore i just happen to not ever see it i don't know where i maybe i just see these little like buzzwords or clips or something mm-hmm. anyway so i'm i'm glad that brandon cronenberg is carrying on the legacy of his yeah. father it's the disturbing sweet. legacy i'm it's sure very he's sweet. very proud <laughs> and mia goth once again 2023 just coming out the gates yeah screaming wild-eyed and not giving a fudge drunk sorry can draped- i say that not giving a fudge, guys. <laughs> we said it. <laughs> That's right. And look out, because 2024 is that Maxine, Maxine is coming up. <gasps> I'm excited. It's one for of the most Maxine. anticipated I movies know. of 2024. Okay, I just want to say that scene of Mia Goth draped on the car, blitzed, drunk out of her mind, and spouting out obscenities. That's not a spoiler. That's just a little, <laughs> little nugget to entice That's you. That's like, yeah, it. you might be able. I think it's in the trailer. It probably is in the trailer. It's probably all over the internet and your Reddit groups. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, number four in our number four spot. The only time I will like and accept bone crunching in my movies <laughs> is when it's in the title. That's right. <laughs> we have uh, from uh, Mexican director Michelle Garza Severa, uh, released in the U.S. on February 16th. We have Wesera, the bone woman. Yes. 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 Everything uh, about this. And we have just recently seen it. Um, and I'm sad that we waited so many months to actually see this one. I kept seeing it in Shutter because it's streaming on Shutter. I kept mm-hmm. seeing it scroll by. I'm like, oh, I should really watch that. But you know, when there's a movie with subtitles, you have to make sure that you're not distracted so that way you don't miss any of the dialogue. That's right. And we live in a very distracted world. So I finally was able to watch this with Tony undistracted. (laughs) I feel like on this list, 
most of these movies you should probably watch while not distracted exactly. with maybe the exception of Thanksgiving and That's Evil Dead That's probably the one you can watch while distracted. Yeah. Even Alone at Night, I think you can watch while distracted. I mean, the whole movie is distracted. So <laughs> those ones are fine. But everything else, you have to pay attention, man, or else it's not going to make it on your list. Yeah. I'm going to just take a quick little sidebar to make a public service announcement. <laughs> for those who are watching horror movies, especially for the first time while you're scrolling on your phone or doing other things or in and out of the room you're not gonna like it or constantly pausing you're gonna call it boring yeah so yeah. yeah so don't do that not saying that you're gonna do that you might not do that we just know of some people that might do that but not you um, we're looking you, at you michael you michael myers michael meowers is that who you're looking at <laughs> meowers <laughs> he watches movies with his tiny 2002 sunglasses on. Doesn't give anything a chance. Sorry, that was my Back to Wesetta, the Bone Woman. Right. Uh, oh my gosh, this movie was so good. I thought that it effectively creeped me out. It was another one of those movies that dealt with the issue of fertility and infertility and womanhood. Fitting into one's role, who like who are you on the inside? Are you the like this person or are you this other person? Yeah, who, like, who are do you, you as be? a woman? Yeah. And that duality or just feeling the complexity split. And, and just being a person and just yeah. trying to fit in with your family and with um, societal norms. And there's a lot of bone crunching, which actually <laughs> made sense for this movie and it was not hackneyed or overdone <laughs> it was just the right amount of bone crunching and this movie is also actually pretty terrifying some of yes. the scenes definitely had us audibly gasping yeah like whew. yeah because you know as a horror fan there are times where you'll watch a movie that just is not super scary but can still be good yeah like maybe i really enjoy the storyline or the relationships but it's not really scaring me or maybe it's, it's disturbing or yeah. something like that or maybe it's just full of like cheap jump scares mm -hmm. and you're just like ah like i just want to watch it to be jump scary i would say this one reminded me most of it follows i don't think i've been creeped out as much uh, in recent years as i was during it follows yeah i really enjoyed the locations and this is actually kind of one of the great things about it being a movie that was not shot in the u.s some of the urban cityscapes were mm -hmm. really interesting it had a great band scene which we yeah. love when there's a whole song being played by a band in a movie yeah then it might make it into our next scene songs list we'll see <laughs> it was a it was a good one mm -hmm. it was a good liked one. it yeah. So it made it to the number four spot. Number four. Yeah. Number four. Okay. So so I'm going to um, just also take a moment here to say that for me, the the top five on my list were pretty easy to come up with. Like, yeah. I feel like these were all the standouts and I have one. We have one that might shock people. It's coming up. It's not the next one, but it's coming up. So our number three spot is directed and co-written by Laura Moss, released in the U.S. on September 5th. It is Birth Rebirth. Mm -hmm. And it's another film that deals with fertility and infertility and what it means to be a woman. Is it a spoiler to talk about what it is sort of a adapt loose adaptation of? I think that's not a spoiler. I think it's <laughs> Wait, maybe it is it a spoiler. It might be a spoiler, so I won't mention it. Okay, it's loosely adapted from a famous novel. Yeah. <laughs> a famous classic novel. 
And which this year we had a uh, couple, a couple yeah. that were loosely adapted from this famous classic novel and other classic novels and other classic novels. Right. I can't think of the other ones, but. But what was it about um, Birth Rebirth that caught your attention? I loved the relationships in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, the acting in this movie specifically, I feel like is probably one of the best, if not the best from the year. Mm -hmm. And I loved just seeing these platonic relationships. And I feel like that's something that's becoming more prevalent in horror films is seeing things not so much with a romantic lens, mm. uh, but really just seeing people as people interact with one another in a platonic way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And definitely. We definitely saw this idea of a, what'd you call it? A roar, romance film. Like a horror, horror romance. romance. <laughs> a horror romance. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, it's mostly a romantic film and then there's a little sprinkling of horror in there. Which one was that? Attachment. Oh, right. It was like a, not even a rom-com. It's a whole rom. Uh, <laughs> but this one, yeah, it was interesting because it was deeply disturbing. I wouldn't say it was- Wait, Birth Rebirth was? Yes, yeah. Birth Rebirth. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it was scary, but it had- terrifying elements to it, it so did. the the themes and the actions of the characters were absolutely terrifying yeah to the point where you kind of have a little bit of anxiety when you're watching it yeah but it's not scary as in like a traditional horror film yeah and if you're looking for something creepy westada is arguably creepier than Birth right Rebirth. that's like more of like a traditional, traditional horror, horror movie. yeah like yeah yeah um birth rebirth is more of just like you will probably be disturbed Definitely. like one of those yeah and after i watched it, i was like tony you have to watch this movie you were talking about it for a while and then i finally got around to it and it just like pulled me in i was yeah. just like oh shit um those relationships man <laughs> oh, the acting is so good i don't want to say anything else about it just because i feel like yeah the minute we talk about what novel it's loosely based off of that's that is the the movie. Yeah, I I really thought that the um the actor Marin Ireland who played Rose mm. was just one of the best performances in hor in horror this year yeah. for sure. Like hands down, it was. Uh, she kind of reminded me a little bit of of like a Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Um, but very a very natural look. Yeah, uh, with and angular features. They uh, this character has a um, you can tell that there's something else going on with this character, but they don't state it obviously. Which right, I appreciate. she does not present as somebody who's neurotypical. She seems more like somebody who's neurodiverse. Right, and they portray that very well, and not as you say stereotypically, which I really appreciate, and also not like hi i am so and so right I they am, don't lay it out for you I they don't this. say this is my diagnosis yeah um they just kind of let you see her as a person and she she makes the choice as yeah. an actor um or perhaps the director made the choice and, and said okay this is how i want you to um drive this role yeah and it's not totally devoid of horror there's definitely some elements of body horror mm -hmm. um and there's a little bit of gore but it's like it's not in it's not like Evil Dead Rise kind right. of thing. Right. So it's uh it's definitely rooted a little more in like the psychological some sort of reality. Yeah. And I would say this is one to not watch distracted. Give yourself the time <laughs> to watch it undistracted or or else you might just think it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> it 
But no, it's I mean, so I was, I was uh, just enthralled the whole time. Like, I, I thought it was just amazingly done and well-deserved for our number for three, three pick. Well-deserved. And with that, we'll take a little pause before we get into our top two. Yes. So I just wanted to mention uh, just a few movies that didn't quite make it to the list. Uh, they're they're not quite honorable mentions, but uh, they're just ones that we watched that I we just, enjoyed. And yeah, meh. it's almost like a, I've heard other podcasts call it an also rans. I don't know if that's like a film term. What does that mean? Also rans. I'm gonna look it up real quick because also I also rans. Yeah, how do you spell rans? <laughs> I don't know. I okay. So just so this is something out, Tony shout out to Reddit. one of my favorite horror podcasts, The Evolution of oh, Horror. Yeah. Each season is its own subgenre. So let's say they're talking about vampires this one season. They'll go through all, you know, 15, 20 of these top vampire movies throughout the history of horror. In one of the last episodes, they, they do this also rans. And it's just kind of a list of other movies that didn't quite make the list. All right. So also rans. So there might be some movies you as a viewer might have enjoyed and would be shocked that didn't make our top gotcha. 10 list. You mean something like... Saw 10. Spoiler alert for our top two. There are some like Saw 10 that, are that not didn't make the list. It is worth talking about. Yeah. And it wasn't a horrible movie, but it didn't quite make my top 10. And we did see that many people loved Saw 10 this year, which is totally valid. Yeah. But I just can't get on board with deaths that are not fair. In the Saw movies. <laughs> At and least it's a Libra, so. <laughs> there are so many deaths where I'm like, that person won their game. They should not have died because your machine was faulty or had a dumb time limit. Ugh, <laughs> so, so annoyed. Saw 10, we did see this sort of like character-driven Saw movie. And it was focused heavily on John Kramer and Amanda. Yeah. It's it's a nice throwback for the Saw franchise. And I know a lot of people hated Spiral, but we actually love Spiral. Because, because it did something, it different. something different. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like nothing can live up to the first Saw to me. Like all the other Saw movies in the franchise, the first Saw to me is like so good and creative. <laughs> And like, he had a saw of his foot. That's very doable. Yeah. He didn't have this weird, very strict timeline. He did have a timeline, but it wasn't like, you must do this within 20 seconds, even though it's not humanly possible to actually saw through bone in 20 seconds. <laughs> if it was more fair, then it might have made it onto the number 10 spot. One that came out in January, I believe, <gasps> and it's Megan. Megan. What you were talking about earlier with the femininity and technology. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Megan. Oh, I wasn't. <laughs> and unfortunately, <laughs> Megan did not make our list. You know what I was talking about, though? I was talking about influencer. Oh, okay. Like being a slave to technology and your Instagram and yeah. your social media uh, and losing yourself to the point where you don't even recognize yourself, like who you are presenting as on social media. Yeah. Influencer was a pretty decent flick. Yeah. Um, definitely uh, one to mention for sure. Yeah. Same with Megan. I, I do appreciate the cultural phenomena that it has inspired. I just wanted more dancing. <laughs> it was in the trailer and I was like, wow, that looks cool. And one more shout out, Perpetrator. The beginning 
I was not a fan of, but it really ramped up towards the end and its weirdness, which I love. <laughs> Had it been like that consistently in the beginning, then it probably would have made it on the list. Yeah. So perpetrator, nice cameo with Alicia Silverstone. Very yeah. nice. Okay, you had three shout outs. I'm going to, this is more of like a rant. Oh, a rant. So this one, also not going to make our list. Sorry for all of you that enjoyed this film, but I was severely disappointed by Scream 6. <gasps> oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that it one. It started off so strong yeah. and it had the opportunity to be really good. Scream, yeah. it's it's moving location. Now we're in New York. Yeah, it had some great new characters. Could have been like a Jason Takes Manhattan kind of thing. It could have. Ghostface takes Manhattan. Ghostface with, with a shotgun. I kind of like that Ghostface had a shotgun. He wasn't playing around. The opening scene with um, what's Samara Weaving? Samara Weaving was was brilliant. That was a great opener. Sorry, the little bit of a spoiler here. So if you haven't seen Scream Six, skip ahead ten seconds. But the little like double fake out at the very beginning oh, yeah. with the um, Scream Killer went in a direction that I thought if they would have continued in that direction, it would have been an awesome Scream movie. Just continuously faking out the whole movie. Yeah, but, you know, the the reveal and the ending, oh. I thought was just, I just was like such a big eye roll to me. I know, it was a disappointment, but a lot of people really liked it, so... Yeah. It wasn't the worst. I still enjoyed it, but I also I was rolling my eyes a little more than yeah. I thought I would. Mm -hmm. Perhaps the Scream franchise needs to take a little bit of a break. <laughs> yes, especially with the recent the, the current yeah climate for Scream. Maybe it's a sign. It's a sign, you know. Yeah, it's a sign. Give it a, a rest until <laughs> 2026, and then would that be like 30 years later? 2026? Maybe until AI figures out how to fully replicate. Uh, we don't want to condone that. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm all, I'm all about the AI. AI Wes Craven? Yeah. I don't know about that. Let's do it, AI. Blasphemous. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, should we get into our second? Top two. Our okay. Top two. We are here at our top two of 2023. And just a disclaimer here. We did some shout outs. I'm going to do a disclaimer before we reveal our, our number two spot. <laughs> This was one that was quite polarizing in the horror community. Oh, you might have spoiled it just by saying that. Have I? Maybe. Well, it was very polarizing. <laughs> and it's one that it is the only one that I have watched twice. Actually, more like one and a half times because the first time I actually fell asleep and didn't know it. So <laughs> that probably is a spoiler. All right. Well, let me introduce number two. Our number two top horror movie of 2023, written and directed by Kyle Edward Ball, released January 13th, 2023. Uh, from Canada, it is Skinnamarink. A dinky dink. In this house. In this house. Okay. So I have a lot of stuff to say about Skinnamarink. Yeah. For one, for first... For first. Um, Skinner Rink is, like you were saying, probably the most polarizing movie since The Blair Witch Project. Mm -hmm. And I, well, okay, full transparency, I loved The Blair Witch yeah. Project first time around. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so I always say The Blair Witch Project, when it first came out, it had three waves of people that saw The Blair Witch Project. The first wave was of the people who thought it was real. They thought that that was really found footage and these poor hikers were really missing. And then second wave of people knew it wasn't real, knew it was fiction and were ready to hate it. And then because it was overhyped. 
overhyped, ready to hate it. Yeah. And then the third wave is, which is the wave that I'm in and Tony too, I think. Um, I was in amongst the third wave of people who I've heard the people who thought it was real. I heard the people that thought it was fake and hated it. And I was willing to watch it with an open mind and I loved it. Mm -hmm. So I think Tony was also in that wave. And I think <laughs> Skinamarink will have a similar effect. The I hope so. Yeah. I think a lot of people absolutely hated, hated this it. movie because they might not even call it a movie. Yeah. It is a movie that um, on surface level is devoid of any sort of plot, pacing, um, substance. Characters. Characters, you name it. It's so, yeah, it's it's experimental. Very. Um, but I would say that this movie is the movie that I have thought about the most out of any horror movie, even our number one horror movie. Yeah. It, it didn't quite get the number one, but I've thought about it more than any other movie this year. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those movies that um, you watch it. And even while you're watching it, you're like conflicted. And there are several movies that I've started watching. And if I fall asleep, that's it. I'm like, okay, it's a sign. I fell asleep. It's over. But I watched half of it at night and I was very creeped out and it, lulled me into sleep and i kept thinking about it after just like the first half that i had seen i was like i have to go back and watch it i have to go back and watch it and so i re-watched it in the day and i stayed awake the whole time and i felt like i saw things i hadn't seen the first time in the first half and a lot more of it made sense and i could see where it was going and it was still effectively creepy and tony had told me like, oh man that movie's all sound design and the sound in the movie is such a driving force, even to the point where the white noise in the background slowly rises and gets louder and louder and then stops. And you just feel totally disoriented. Yeah. And a lot of um, subtle details that the first time you watch, you're going to miss. Mm -hmm. The second time you watch, you may see more of them. Uh, but I think if you watch it more times, you'll start to realize how much care act did actually go into the movie it's very detailed and everything that happens seems to be with a purpose it's not yeah. just aimlessly making things appear and disappear yeah things are happening for a reason yeah so um for those who don't know skin and rink it's sort of like a um nightmarish point of view of a kid in the 90s in the 90s a kid and his sister and they're they're um in a house and things in the house start to disappear or fade away. And there's like this mysterious voice. And um, that, I, I think that's all I'll say without spoiling it. Although I, there's, you could say maybe it can't really be spoiled. It really, I feel like a lot of it is open for interpretation and we kind of came up with our own interpretation. So one day if we do decide to review, then we'll spoil it at that time. If nothing else, it's a really great example of 90s nostalgic horror. Uh, growing up as a kid in the 90s, it really taps into a lot of fears that I had forgotten about. Just like the fear of being alone in a house when it's dark at night and your parents are sleeping and you have nothing to to light up your world except for the glow of the TV. Yeah. And you're afraid to turn off the TV because then you're com in complete darkness. Maybe it's sort of like the feeling you get when you're watching Poltergeist, like that opening yes. scene 
and it's just the TV static or, I mean, everyone knows that old cartoons are creepy. Just. Old cartoons are creepy. <laughs> and there's so much of that in this. So it's just, if nothing else has a lot of nostalgic creep factor. So if you're watching it and you are dozing off, it's almost like messing with you. It's almost like putting you into this sort of trance nightmare state. And you will state. have nightmares. It's even when I was, okay, so I will admit to the, the first time that we both watched it, we were probably tired from work and we maybe put it on a little too late. And our couch is very comfy. It is very comfy. So all of those, that trifecta oh, right man, there made it. ill-fated. Yeah, but I did find myself um kind of being like lulled in and out and i was deeply unsettled by it it's a movie that uh favors atmosphere over plot and characters yeah uh in that sense it is maybe more akin to like an art film mm -hmm. and i think you know for me i have uh, a background in in art and i went to art school i've seen plenty of movies that are way more boring than <laughs> skinner <laughs> And I uh, sat through the sounds, entirety of them. So exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm OK with that element of a film as long as it uh, accomplishes the thing that it is trying to do. Yeah. And I think for those who maybe didn't quite see that, I, like I, I understand the um, the criticism and I think it's 100 percent valid. Uh, but for me, it did do all these things that you're talking about where it's sort of like tapping into um, like, like what does a nightmare look like? Mm -hmm. And um, is, is this kid, is he, is this kid like in a coma or something or in this sort of like purgatory sort and of thing? And I feel like and there was one thing that I have become annoyed at with movies when weird stuff happens, the fallback tends to tends to be purgatory, which I don't appreciate. But I think that this is something different. I don't think that this is a child in purgatory because that's very dark. Yeah. Um, I think this is something different. So yeah. watch the movie and decide for yourself what yeah. you think is happening. And as far as atmosphere, there's another movie that comes to mind that is really great at creating atmosphere. It's the movie Pulse, also known as Cairo, mm -hmm. the, the Japanese film. Very slow and also very hard to watch. Definitely more plot than than Skinnerink and more characters and all that sort of stuff. But I think Skinnerink does take a little bit from Cairo in the the setting of the mood. It yeah. kind of like you hear the the crackling of the audio yes, and the, the audio definitely the static. And it's almost like you can feel the room through the sound. And then the disorienting feeling in its absence. Yeah. And I, you know, I did have the a criticism when we first put it on that it was this sort of like almost film static kind of thing, mm -hmm. almost like a 70s. And I'm like, why does it have this like 70s feel to it when it's set in the 90s? I thought it should maybe have more of like a like a VHS digital kind of aspect yeah. to it. But um, then, you know, after a while, I kind of thought like it's not really about somebody filming something mm -hmm. like a VHS type of movie or something that is like, you know, trying to be retro. It's it's more of like this is happening inside of this. I don't know, this sort of like other state. Of, yeah. So so that's why, like, everything's disorienting. And it, yeah, of course, it's a low budget film is made for fifteen thousand mm. dollars. So you can only do so much with that. And yeah. I think that, um, yeah, and small budget independent film, um, I, one of the standout films of the year for me. I know that might be a hot take. 
but you can't deny some. <laughs> there, and then there's very little dialogue in the movie, but the words that they have, the lines that they it's, have, are effectively yeah, creepy. It's creepy, and it's something that will stay with you. Even just the name, Kaylee. <laughs> look under the bed. So, <gasps> yeah. So. Telling a kid to look under the bed, scary. <laughs> Don't look under the bed. <laughs> I think it is... Streaming on Shutter still? It's on Shutter. Because it was a Shutter original or was picked yeah. up by Shutter. Good Stop, job, Shutter. Yeah. You really did knock it out of the ballpark this year. This year, guys. A lot of good ones. Five skulls for you, Shutter. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if you've seen Skinner Marink and you were on the fence about it, give it a second shot. If you haven't seen Skinner Marink, make sure that you watch this, preferably in the dark when you're in not tired. In the dark in the daytime. And um, not distracted. distracted. You have you kind of have to like let this one bring you in, or else you're not going to like it at all. Definitely no. This is the one to not watch while multitasking. (laughs) And I know there are some uh, definite Skinner Marink fans out there on the internet. I've seen them, so guys, (laughs) you got two more members. Two more members, total of four. (laughs) Just kidding. All right, that brings us to our number one spot, which is probably many people's number one i i think it might be i think you if you're watching up to this point you could probably guess what our number one which is why we took a break at number two so it yeah. wasn't as predictable in our number one spot directed and partially co-written by danny and michael Filippo, australian film released in july <laughs> of 2020 slow rolling this just give it to me talk to me Woo! talk to me Talk to me. That was actually released in 2022, I think in Australia, and then made its way to the US in 2023. Yeah. Man, I had a feeling just from all the buzz over the summer of Talk to Me, I had a feeling it was going to be wonderful. And it did not disappoint from the opening scene until the end. I was gripped (laughs) by the hand. Well done. Uh, We did review this one. Uh, We did a trailer review before it came out. And I think I remember having fairly uh, like You had pretty good predictions. Oh, but I was I was just like, yeah, it seems like it, it might be okay. Um, but the this was one where the the trailer gave you just enough, but didn't give you too much. It had just enough to pull you in. Yeah. And then lead you by the hand to hell. That was on the poster. <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome debut film. From I feel the like there's a lot of directors on our list where it's one of their first films. Yeah, or their first feature length film. Yeah, and these brothers, they're YouTubers. They have a channel called Raka Raka, which I have actually never really seen. I haven't seen it. But I think that it is very interesting that these YouTube filmmakers got big in their YouTube channel and they were able to to make a film, yeah, which is awesome. The reason why I mentioned that is because some of the top movies on our list are not these mainstream releases, yeah, and they're not reboots or sequels or any part of any franchise, anything like that. They, they are, are original original movies from um, new filmmakers. So we have some fresh voices. I mean, a lot of the ones on our list are were made in the U.S., but there's a lot of non-US 
made films that were really good this year. Yeah, like West Sada, directed by Michelle Garza Severa. That was her first yeah. feature length film. So that just tells me that I personally, as a horror fan, and I, I feel like maybe a lot of other horror fans are craving fresh stories, yeah. fresh faces, fresh settings. Yes, not the hackneyed, not that I don't love slashers. I love slashers, <laughs> but slashers tend to be the most typical. And there definitely is a, an audience for that comforting, typical plot line, yeah. such as Thanksgiving. It was comforting and typical as a Thanksgiving meal should be. Yeah, but there were so many of these mainstream movies that got theatrical releases a lot of the top movies on our top 10 list of 2023 are fresh faces fresh yeah. stories original stories all of that uh whereas some of the mainstream releases or some of the um the sequels the reboots the franchise like we're getting a little tired of that with the exception of Evil Dead Rise, which, Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, which was just so fun that, you know, talk to me, kind of slapped you in the face, like with that little with hand. That hand we, we have plenty more hand <laughs> analogies to make, uh, but also just the performances from all the actors. The main actress, Sophie Wilde, she did such a great job. And I loved her just even in the very beginning. She had such a natural portrayal of a young kid. I think they're in high school. Yeah, and also like one of the things that horror fans love is when a group of teenagers have to like go through the horror together. And this was totally mm -hmm. that. It too. was definitely that. You have teenagers and they're they're not all the same. They have different personalities and almost like if the breakfast club was thrown into a possession hell ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was definitely a horror. I mean, there are some that kind of teeter on the brink of horror between horror and psychological thriller, mm -hmm. but this one was definitely a horror. There are definitely yeah. moments that creep you out. Yeah. Images that terrify you and stick yes. with you. And also some great metaphors. Yes. Lots of fun <laughs> hand metaphors. Some uh, fun social commentary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Things that might border on the line of, is this just a fun possession ride or is it more of a metaphor for issues, social media consumption and or, drug use? Yeah, like issues that teenagers face today. Yeah, coming of age horror drama. Doing things that you know you that are bad for you, but you do it for some sort of... Yeah. Reaction from your peers exactly, or yeah. gratification from peers. Yeah. Great film. Definitely give that one a whirl if you have not, but you probably have. <laughs> so you're in our boat. Because it was so successful, they have been greenlit for a sequel. To talk to me? Talk, talk to me too? Talk to, to me. me? I mean, I think that's like the obvious choice for the title, right? I talk mean, that's to very the number confusing. Two I hope it's just called Talk to Me Too. Talk to me also. Talk to me also. Talk to us. Maybe it's going to be talk to us. Talk to me too much. <laughs> or talk to the number two, me, and then subtitle, let's talk. Look no, who's really. talking now. Look who's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, there were a lot of possession movies this year. There were. Yes. Oh and my gosh. a lot of them were severely disappointing. Pope's Exorcist. Sorry. <laughs> Consecration. <laughs> fell asleep, which doesn't say much because even if I fall asleep, that could be because it evoked a mood. But I did watch it fully for a second time. And I was like, nah, <laughs> wasn't into Consecration. So sorry if you were. But anyways, uh, we have more for you. Yes. Aside from our top 10 in gutted tradition, 
we have some awards. Oh, we also have honorable mentions. That's right. Oh, yeah. So, okay. We're, Even we're though we do... had lots of shout outs, these two are each of our honorable mentions that are probably in the number 11 spot. My honorable mention for this year is the movie Totally Killer, which mm-hmm. I believe is streaming on Hulu. I don't remember. Can't remember exactly, but it's sort of like the Bloomhouse fun comedy slasher that is a little bit genre bending. It yeah. kind of it kind of has the feel of like a Happy Death Day. Yeah. And I feel like Totally Killer is the movie that It's a Wonderful Knife should have been. Exactly. Totally Killer. It it was a it was a good time. Directed by Nanachka Khan. I believe she is also another fresh face. I think this might be her directorial debut, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> I don't know if I love the killer's mask, but it does stick out. I so. thought the killer's mask was actually pretty strong. It was just this <laughs> creepy everyman with an earring for some reason. Kind of reminds me of the cartoon Johnny Bravo or something like oh, that. Oh, okay, okay. But it did have an eerie quality to it. It did. Yeah. So, yeah fun but didn't make it on the list yeah (laughs) what's your honorable mention? Uh, my honorable mention is an anthology film oh nice and i don't often love these because it's so hard to to make its way onto a top 10 list because everyone's got a hit everyone's got usually in anthology films it's like one or two two that are really good uh this one i really enjoyed three out of four of the films in this one it was satanic hispanics nice and it had various directors one of them actually did make it onto our list uh, damian arugna Uh, oh his was probably the best it was the best one and it was a huge reason why this one almost made it onto our top 10 list he had a short in the in Hispanic Satanics called Tambien Lo Vi. Ooh, such a good little short. Overall, I recommend checking out Satanic Hispanics. Yeah. And the the through line, yeah, like the connecting it's theme. It's the connecting theme with, with the uh, traveler. Yeah, Efren Ramirez. Yes. Pedro. People know as Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite, but um, that he's was also good. in many other films such as Crank. Um, he's in crank he's in crank i loved him in crank <laughs> but i also really enjoyed him as the traveler in this through story of yeah. satanic hispanics when it was nice because uh it had some that were a little more on the scary side and then some that were just like just straight up comedy yeah so there's one called <laughs> el vampiro directed by eduardo sanchez who co-directed the blair witch project yeah so just to bring that back into the theme here. Very nice. Let's get to our award ceremony. Award ceremony. We have our top 10 in the bucket. And we have not told these to each other yet. So these will be a surprise to us. Actually, sorry. Before we reveal, I'll I'll say what the movie is. And then because this is a spoiler. Right. So if you haven't seen the movie, just skip ahead a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. My best intestine award is from the movie Evil Dead Rise. <gasps> And it is the wood chipper scene, <gasps> which we all know is sort of in the final act. And yep. we have this uh, the mommy monster, almost like a society kind of everybody's merged together. It's like a big and, family monster. And it's uh, it's just bloody and you got a chainsaw um, and a wood chipper <laughs> and a wood chipper. And yeah. you can imagine what happens next. Oh, man. Yeah. It's probably the 
uh, aside from the the doorbell um, montage thing, mm-hmm. is probably the best part of that movie. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good one. That was my runner-up best intestine. Wait, right? We have multiple. No, best I just had I had three different best intestines that were <laughs> vying for the top spot. Uh, I ultimately did not pick the mommy monster, even though it was my runner-up for best intestine. Oh, so now I'm curious, what is your best intestine? The best intestine actually went to a movie that is not on our list wow okay and it was actually like a movie that, that nobody liked apparently <laughs> on the internet except for me except for me i really liked this <laughs> this happens a lot this happens a lot okay so i really enjoyed the movie renfield renfield <laughs> apparently nobody else did and i didn't really know why i still don't know why I, I liked it. I, I thought it was um, funny. It was funny. I, I enjoyed it. So odd. I enjoyed it. Yeah. People were like, oh, it's boring. And I hated the relationship with that cop lady. And I was <laughs> like, come on. I thought Aquafina <laughs> did a good job of a brash, hard nosed police person trying to make her way in the world in a male dominated world. Wait, who's the actor who plays Renfield? Um, <laughs> I don't know. The guy from the he's the guy from the, guy the menu. From Warm Bodies. And he was bodies. having su- his name was Nicholas Nicholas something because there was Nicholas Cage and also Nicholas something Nicholas Holt Holt yes. I, okay I think if for those who didn't like Renfield they probably just don't like Nicholas Holt why <laughs> I don't know he's too quirky I don't know he looked so good as Renfield all pasty <laughs> and pale with his hair flopping in his eyes yeah he basically looked like the zombie from Warm Bodies but as a vampire. And I Very think well um, I think the movie probably promised a little more Nick Cage than it delivered. Okay, but I mean there I think the scene that you're referring to is has a little bit of Nick Cage in it, right? No, it doesn't actually. Oh, really? It's all, it's all Nicholas Holt. <laughs> Wait, okay. what? Well, now I'm curious. So, spoiler for Renfield, and maybe this needs to be spoiled. So you actually give it a chance and go see it. But when they're in the apartment complex, and Nicholas Holt quickly eats some bugs so that he can battle an entire SWAT team. <laughs> It's just so off the rails and over the top and funny. And there's a poor SWAT guy. After he rips the arms off one guy, he falls down a couple levels of this apartment complex and gets to a SWAT guy and just rips his whole face off. <laughs> oh, I totally forgot about that. I was laughing at that scene for at least five minutes after that scene was over. <laughs> and I was the only one in the theater laughing. So if that tells you anything, it's, no so one it's, else. It's not the the Dracula death scene where he they like put him in a bunch of ice cubes of like concrete and then like scatter it amongst the, around the city. Actually, no, I forgot about that part. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's so random. No, when he rips the face <laughs> off the SWAT guy. I had no the... <laughs> idea that's where you're going with that. OK, but remember, he rips the <clears throat> face off the SWAT guy in like a nanosecond and the SWAT guy actually has time to scream about it. <laughs> no, OK, I see. It's sort of like um it's sort of like uh, Home Alone 2. It's like one of those yes. things when the when uh, what's Daniel when, David Stern when is, Daniel Stern turns yeah. into a full on skeleton with hair. Yeah. Yes. Hilarious. It's kind of like one of those things. It's like screaming and funny. Well, I love hopefully I'll see some funny. memes about it later. I hope so. <laughs> I hope somebody makes a meme of the. Face wow. OK. I was guy. not expecting that at all. That's OK. Interesting choice. Interesting. Thank you. Uh, all right. So <laughs> next <laughs> we have our silver spleen award. This is the second best element scene or performance 
of the year. Of the whole year. My silver spleen goes to somebody in Infinity Pool, Mia Goth in <laughs> Infinity Pool. She was just wild the entire time. And my favorite scene of her is when she is drunk off her ass, draped on that car that's going two miles an hour. And she's like <laughs> spouting obscenities and slurs at Alexander Skarsgård. And she looks legitimately belligerent. <laughs> <laughs> method actor much? Totally method. And you're just like, man, Mio went for it. <laughs> Loved her. Yes. Especially in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Definitely one of the highlights of that movie is just her performance <laughs> in general. She's like reading one of his novels and like, or a review of his novel and berating him. And you're just like, <laughs> can't even be mad at her. She's so funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, my silver spleen didn't go to something that was funny. It actually mm. went to something that I was just like, oh shit. Yeah. It's a it's my oh shit moment uh, of of uh, 2023, and it's from the movie When Evil Lurks. Oh, and do you know what it is? Oh no, because there are several it's, in that well, movie. It's, it's the scene where you're just. I think everybody's natural reaction to this is just to like audibly gasp. The one with the dog. Yeah. <gasps> so yeah. it's it's uh, the scene where the little girl is mauled and carried away down the street by the dog. Yeah. That whole scene was just like probably the biggest oh shit moment of 2023. For I me. remember watching the lead up to the dog and I was just like, what the heck? Because you see it coming. You see it and you're coming. Pissed, yeah. You're so pissed at the main character for letting this happen. You're like, you should have known better. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> you know, she does end up coming back as hey. uh, like a possessed child. Oh, yeah, She's spoilers. totally fine. Yeah. So, you know. She's fine. Yeah. But man, uh, yeah. horror movies these days have been they, relentless they don't with hold the kids. Back. Yeah. yeah. If you thought kids were safe, they're not. And not look anymore. out 2024. Yeah. Now we are on to the golden our coveted gut. Golden Gut Award. Yes. Which is our award for the World best element famous. scene or performance of the year. Yeah. The best. Not just second best. Not just Mia Goth writhing on a car hood. Well, well what's better than that? I know. Shocking. It's going to be hard to But talk. there's something. So for me, the Golden Gut is from a movie that is also our number one movie. Oh, what? Talk to me. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know if it's the a scene that you that you might think it is. So it's like for me, it's a scene that just kind of embodies what I liked about the mm -hmm. movie. Um, oh my gosh! What? I feel like we have the same thing. Do we? Okay. So so my golden gut. I'd be surprised if we had the same thing, but that'd be cool. That'd be so cool because we're so entwined. So in sync. <laughs> uh, my golden gut award goes to the possession party montage. Is that your scene? That's my scene. That's your scene. That's what? my scene. All right, we got cheers to that. Cheers. <laughs> to me. Happy New Year. <laughs> it is the movie that kind of. Um, uh, sorry, it's the it's the scene in the movie that kind of encompasses the whole movie for me, and it's like. All these uh, kids are, they're going through their sort of like convulsions and and it's a cool song. It's like edited really well yeah. to the beat. And it even flows into like, 
you know, them acting all crazy. And yeah. then uh, Mia, the main character, starts singing the song that's playing in yeah. the montage. It brings me a lot of joy. It does. Because it, it just looks so fun. It does. And it really embodies the metaphor of teenage drug use and trying to have fun with your friends. Making possession look, look fun. Look cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what what better way? Yeah, that's like one of the, the best moments of that film. Oh, man. Yeah. I just like. I knew immediately that that was my number one moment of the year. Oh, so good. <laughs> Even better than Mia Goth writhing belligerently on a car hood. <laughs> well, I'm glad that it's a feel good moment and it not is. a oh shit moment or like a like crazy off your rocker moment. See, horror is fun, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Possession <laughs> is fun. That's what we learned yeah, from 2023. As long as you're with friends. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you're filming it. You got to be filming it. You got to be filming it or else yeah. it doesn't count. It doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. So that leads us to our final award. And we, we always, I know, we always end on this one. <laughs> we probably shouldn't. I don't know why, but anyways, it's fun to kind of end on, yeah. on this. We love, because, everyone loves a downer. Yeah. Our final award is The Axe. And that is the award that goes to the movie that you would like to erase, erase from Erase from our memory. 2023. Yeah. You're out of here. You're out of here. <laughs> um, I have a feeling that we have the same Okay, so movie. Tony was like, you think that we have the same, but I think mine's different. And I was well, like, really? okay. At first, I thought mine was going to be different. Uh, but then I was just like, no, it's not. It's not. I was, real, I was trying to uh, think about the movie that I was the most disappointed by this year. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was a close call between two. And I'm pretty sure you have one of them and I have the other one. Oh, okay. So maybe it was, maybe I felt the same way. Maybe it was two movies that I, it was like a close call. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to go? Or I'll go, go first. Okay. You'll go first. Okay. okay. So my movie that I would like to erase from the year, and this is probably one that people like it. And that's fine. If you do, I'm just not a fan of this universe in general and it is the nun 2 the nun 2 <laughs> oh man i was insanely bored oh. <laughs> but they had some really cool visuals it had, it had two good visuals one of them was in the trailer so you can get that from the trailer with like <laughs> all the magazines flapping and it turns into a nun cool what I about guess. the uh, the uh father that's like engulfed in flames like that was pretty cool i forgot about that Oh, that was pretty cool. Okay. Well, I remember the nun that flapped into a mat. No, the magazines that flapped into a nun. And I remember Tysa Farmiga just screaming her head off. And I was <laughs> Sorry like, if we right. mispronounced your name. She had some she really was She good was screams. a standout in that movie, though. Like, she, you could tell she tried. Yes, she really did. And I was like, oh, Tysa, try a little bit less because it's not worth your vocal cords. <laughs> but she had some really good screaming, and I applaud her for that. But those were the two standout moments of the movie everything else was a series of creeping through a dark hallway turning around five times before being faked out into something right in front of you yeah there happened was a lot of that 10 times i think it that happened so much that we started pointing out when that happens in like, other oh, horror movies someone's creeping like now. here's one of the worst cliches in horror where you're just kind of creeping around a corner and nothing actually happens yeah you're creeping 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 and then you turn around because you think it's behind you yeah and then boom it's in front of you who saw that coming me 
a little, else. a little bit of creeping is okay. <laughs> yes, but not 10 times. Yeah, but just don't make it the entire movie. Oh, man, I was so annoyed. <laughs> you know, the thing about the nun, too, is uh, the, the visual of, of the nun as a character does seem creepy in theory. Yeah. The movie Sister Death, which also, you know, deserves a quick shout out. It does. Is what the nun, too, should have been. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Sister Death did not make it on our list um, but it was it, pretty good. It was pretty good. It had some flaws, but had that just been renamed Nun 2? I'm like, all right, Nun 2, you stepped it up. Good job. <laughs> and it also had, Sister Death also had some creeping around a corner to it find did. nothing. But it had less of it than the Nun yes, 2. Yes, <laughs> it had like a fraction of those moments, which was acceptable. How much of Nun 2 did I want to see? None. It's <laughs> waiting for that one. <laughs> And what did you give it on and uh, your score for I gave Letterboxd? it two stars. Two for two? Two for two, but I really actually would have given it 1.5. Yeah, well, two because it was... Two, it, it, was, it was in theme. And just to quickly talk about the Conjuring universe, I would say like 25% of the movies are okay. Like the, the first one, I yeah, the first Conjuring, I liked. I enjoyed the first Annabelle. I don't know. The mainstream... Horror movies of the year, like I was saying before, we're all kind of let down. Yeah. Like I would say out of those, maybe like Last Voyage of the Demeter was okay and the Insidious thing was okay. But it never got past that. Like eh. it didn't get past that. Evil okay. Dead Rise. Good job. It did get past yeah. okay. Good job. All right. So, so now I think I know was, what yours is. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've never felt so got a lot to say about these axes. <laughs> My X word. <laughs> Is that how you want to present it? I'm going to ask that moment. <laughs> I'm going to give myself the X from 2023. That's the twist. Uh, my X award from 2023 goes to Exorcist Believer. Yeah. It was the most offensive movie to yeah. me of the year. And some people did like it. And you know what? That's okay. Because it was well made in some aspects. It had a really great opening yeah. scene. So it was like had a lot of potential and I was like, I'm feeling really good about yeah. this. It just became a hot mess of drivel and garbage. And, and I started questioning, like, did the director actually did see, he see the, the exorcist? Yeah. Because I don't think he did. I don't think so. I think he read some Reddit posts. Yeah. And I was like, I got this. There are so many head scratch moments yeah. and there are so many like, what, like, and what the like, hell are what you did thinking? you, you, Totally underutilized Alan Burstein. We did do a pre-gut for The Exorcist Believer. Yeah. And I had this to say about Mr. David Gordon Green, that I really want to be excited for Exorcist Believer because I did think the trailer looked really cool. Yeah. But I, I was like also ready to like, I have like a fist made because I'm yeah. ready to like punch the movie in the face. Yeah. Uh, because I knew I was going to be angry by mm -hmm. it. And, and we were. unfortunately, I was. Yeah. There's still two installments to come. So oh, maybe no. there's. Yeah. <laughs> See, at Sadly. least. With, okay. My thought on the Halloween trilogy of David Gordon Green is that the first two were actually pretty good. And the third one, I might need to give it a rewatch. I think initially it was a shock. There you were know? still things that I liked about Halloween Ends, but it was yeah. also a hot mess. And if I'm comparing Halloween Ends to Exorcist Believer, leagues above <laughs> Halloween ends was a gem. Well, I think the thing that makes exorcist believer so God awful is that it's just straight up disrespectful to one of yeah. the best horror movies <laughs> 
of all time, The Exorcist, a perfect movie. Yeah. Not not let alone a, like a horror movie, just like a, like a perfect movie. Yeah. Disrespectful to the the one actor that reprised her role. Just like why? Well, two and actors have reprised their role. There was another one. Yeah. Disrespectful to the primary actor that reprised her role. The the decisions that were made in the writing of this yeah. movie, while it was like technically well made, and the little girls actually had very good performances. Yeah, and there were was, a handful of creepy lines, and it was just like one eye roll after the next. Yeah, and I won't stand for it. Sorry, won't stand for it. it is DGG, you're out. It's gone. You got the axe from the horror genre. Yes, Pick another out. genre. I think you came from comedy. Yeah. Go back to comedy. Yeah, what did he do in comedy? Uh, Southbound and Down, Pineapple Express, oh, and Your you Highness. Know, that was a decent movie, Pineapple yeah. Express. Exorcist Believer is going to go hang out with Nun Two in the Abyss. <laughs> and <laughs> if David Gordon Green is attached to the next two, I, I mean it. We'll damn it, I'll probably see it, see but it. I don't really want to see it. Well, this actually is convincing me to have the axe mentioned first now, because now I feel upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let me turn your feeling of being upset around. Looking forward to 2024. Elise, I have a question. Hmm. What is a movie in 2024 that you are excited for? I have no idea. Do you? I'll, yeah, I'll give you one. Kay. Okay, so. Oh, wait, Maxine. Yeah. That's the only one that I know about that's coming out. I, I think you know of others. I think maybe 2023 is just so embedded in your head it right is. now that you haven't really thought about yeah. some other ones that are going to come out. The only one I know about is Maxine. <laughs> oh, and Terrifier 3. Yeah. <gasps> okay. Well, you just stole things. mine. I'm sorry. I just, you asked me. <laughs> are there any others? <laughs> um, I think there's like quite a few others that are continuing in other franchises. Okay. Well, oh, then right. Okay. So we did see a trailer. Trailer for um, I think it's called Lisa Frankenstein. Oh yeah, the new Diablo Cody movie. Yeah, that looks pretty fun. That looks cool. If you grew up in the '90s and liked Lisa Frank stickers, <laughs> then you'll like the play on words. <laughs> so, Lisa Frankenstein. Here's to hoping that 2024 is another good year in horror because we 2022 and 2023 were awesome. I think we're on a roll. Yeah, I think we're gonna keep going. Let's keep it rolling into 2024. Cheers. Cheers. Two everybody. more independent filmmakers to more original stories and fresh voices and yes. scenery. If you like what you've heard, please follow us on Instagram, Good yeah. Horror Podcast. You can email us at gutterhorrorpodcast at gmail.com. Find our Patreon page. And suggest some movies to review because if we had any suggestions, we would definitely do those. I mean it. Thank <laughs> Thanks you. for watching, watching and or listening. listening. This has been another, another episode, episode of Gutted. Gutted.